my talk I could be titled The Five Unthinkables. I was asked to talk about uh, the unthinkable. I could come up with a list of nine or ten, but time is limited. But they start. I, I spent the morning early hours here uh, reading uh, Xi Jinping's report of yesterday. It's a major document, very important, very well put together, and this is not an occasion for analyzing it. I simply want to note here, A, there seemed to be nothing specific in it about the South China Sea, and B, uh, no reference to international law. In a speech that's full of dozens and dozens of references, to domestic rule of law and to governance under law. Not a single mention of international law, but rather reference to settling problems through discussion, uh, which of course is commendable and peaceful, uh, totally beneficial to all international relations. Those principles of the court are desirable but they don't take us too far. But let me talk about my first unthinkable. <clears throat> Sometimes the unthinkable happens quickly, surprisingly. Uh, in this case, concerning the South China Sea, in October 2012, I wrote an op-ed in the South China Morning Post suggesting that the nations of East Asia, not only China, uh, establish East Asian institutions for the settlement of territorial and maritime disputes. There are many objections East Asians sometimes have to the ICJ or to Hague-based international arbitration. East Asia has too few legal institutions compared to Western Europe, and I thought uh, there should be an emphasis on arbitration. I thought that there should be uh, institutions established more congenial to the North Asian and Southeast Asian nation. Very quickly, a retired American diplomat criticized me for being totally unrealistic uh, no government will want to resort to arbitration for such important disputes. But the following month, uh, the then Foreign Minister of Japan, Mr. Gemba Koichiro, published an op-ed at the International Herald Tribune saying that Japan would be ready to take the Senkaku Diaoyu question uh, to International Court of Justice. Uh, I was accepted about that because that's implicit uh, admission that this dispute is really a dispute which Japan had been denying. And I liked what Gemba said. He said, well, China is so confident legal position about the Senkaku. Let them do it. Let them join the optional protocol of the ICJ and bring a suit 
involving the Senkar coup, the Aoyu. Well, uh, that seemed to be uh, some bit of my uh, unthinkable suggestion that the East Asian nations would start to arbitrate. Of course, Japan had tried to get South Korea to go to the ICJ over the Takdo dispute uh, without success. I tried to get in touch with the Philippines as part of an exercise in canvassing all the countries of East Asia. We'd had good talks with Chinese experts, uh, with Japanese experts, Korean. Uh, we had a very nice talk with everybody but the Filipinos who seemed to be a vote. And then in January 2013, came what I call the January surprise, the stunning Philippine arbitration initiated against China. Uh, and that made me think, maybe my unthinkable suggestion uh, was too realistic. Well, we've seen that arbitration come and go. I was saddened when the People's Republic of China decided not to participate, to claim that uh, it was so corrupt on its legal views that it did not need to subject its views to an impartial tribunal, even to that it had committed itself uh, to participate in its proceedings up when it adhered to uh, unclosed. Uh, before the arbitration award came down, I wrote another op-ed urging China and the Philippines to negotiate after the award was announced and pointed out, of course, they could do so without any reference to the award that would be embarrassing to either party, especially China. Uh, my hope was establishing arbitration as a major meat-settling uh, East Asian territorial and maritime disputes that were not susceptible to negotiation. It might, in the end, stimulate the negotiations that we all recognize are essential for the final settlement of such disputes. Well, this leads to my second observation that's unthinkable. I'd like to see more support for There's a contest underway to see what will happen to this award. Will it win widespread recognition or will it actually go down to so-called sport? and aberration. I'd like to see my own country, the United States, do more than give lip support to the award, uh, and particularly with respect to the most controversial aspect of the award, the decision that the Spratly Islands, especially Taiping Island, uh, were not deserving of an EEZ. Uh, the United States doesn't seem to have endorsed that aspect uh, of the uh, award. What I'd like to see is 
Japan and the United States and other states that are making extensive claims for an EEZ based upon ownership of spits of land that under the award longer qualify for an EEZ. I'd like to see the U.S. can lead the way to voluntarily renounce the EEZs they have been claiming. I think Japan's claim to Okino Torishima is nonsense when you see the huge expense of EEZC that it claims based on uh, king size bed. Uh, and of course, the US has similar claims in the Pacific and elsewhere that seem exaggerated. So I'd like to see as my second unthinkable uh, recommendation that this voluntary process uh, begin. My third recommendation is an obvious one of long standing for many of us. Is it unthinkable to find a prospect that the United States might finally ratify unclose? This, this to me is a disgrace. Everyone in Washington tells me it is politically unthinkable. And of course, Washington has many more severe problems uh, at this time. But for the United States to stand on the sidelines and to cheer the Philippine arbitration and say it's complying with all the means of unclose, even though it doesn't ratify unclose, seems to me uh, outrageous. We refuse to subject ourselves to the same discipline of the unclose dispute resolution processes that China, Japan, Philippines, and many other countries have done. And of course, we're denying ourselves the opportunity to use these institutions to settle claims that negotiation has not been able to settle. Now I'll come to maybe not looking at the past so much as those ratification does, but to the future, and come up with fourth recommendation that you may regard as mischievous, and that concerns mischief grief which I think is appropriately named. Uh, Xi Jinping's report of the day is full of goodwill, of international humanitarian impulse and goals. I'd like to see these principles applied to mischief reef. My own impression is China has not got a respectable legal claim to mischief reef. It lies in the Philippine EEZ, yet China has built on it in a way that troubles many countries in the world. I'd like to see the Chinese government open up Mischief Reef to international cooperation. China wouldn't have to withdraw its claim to the reef in an embarrassing way, but it could, building on certain international precedents, say, even though it claims sovereignty over this feature, it will open the feature up 
for a variety of humanitarian and international purposes. I think this would be a very good start. We're confronted with China's uh, establishing at least seven uh, new platforms that don't give it a very good reputation with some countries and that have an uncertain legal status of varying nature depending on which we're talking about. I'd like to see a movement in to open up these facilities to a variety of public purposes that will show China's intentions are not military, uh, but they are peaceful and useful. And that leads to my fifth unthinkable recommendation that Taiwan should turn into Aba, Taiping Island, into a similar uh, international conference center, a research center, a site for negotiation, for academic and practical exchanges. I think this idea is not a new one. Some of us floated this with President Ma when he was uh, in office in the last year or two. Uh, there was some traction to the idea, even though Taiping Island is very inconveniently located and currently has very limited facilities. I think symbolic as well as practically this would be important because my hope is that Taiwan can have greater interaction, greater acceptance with all the players in East Asia without prejudicing claims of the People's Republic of China to Taiwan's status, but recognizing that Taiwan is an important player as the Japanese fisheries agreement with Taiwan, for example, has indicated, and as the current quiet negotiations between Japan and Taiwan or Shima indicate, I've suggested to Taiwanese that they turn the vice of their international exclusion into a virtue by trying to take a number of actions that will enable Taiwan, at least for this interim period until its status is ultimately clarified, into the Switzerland of East Asia, try to make it a central point for cooperation, negotiation, interaction of various kinds. And this will take some imaginative effort. It's obviously a very controversial idea. Well, the five unthinkable, I can think of more, but we have got time. I don't want to take time away from other uh, scholars who are good friends and going to make their presentations. I would only say if there were more, I'd like to see some reconsideration of the question of military reconnaissance within the EEZ. Perhaps we could see China gradually changing its position on that because of its own expanding naval power and its own reconnaissance uh, offshore uh, other countries. Uh, we could, of course, talk about uh, the question of uh, innocent passage. Uh, I personally sympathize with the Chinese position on innocent passage requiring 
China's consent for any military vessel to come into its territorial sea. Maybe they're kind of horse trading operation. On the one hand, China changing its position about reconnaissance in the EEZ. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the U.S. and others changing their position about the nature of uh, innocent message. And then, of course, we have other uh, issues we could talk about. Uh, the uh, question of straight baselines uh, is emerging as it should have long ago uh, as a question and the relation of straight baselines to so-called heligos. Uh, all of the uh, issues are, are worthy of our consideration and are relevant to the Dalchinese. Well, I think I've said enough to open up the, the conversation. I look forward to hear what my colleagues have to say and to what members of the distinguished audience have to say during the discussion. And thanks for your attention.